0: Hey folks. Yeah, here we are. (laughs) Week 356 of quarantine lock-in, lock-up, lock-down. Ah, whatever. I'm cool with it. I don't mind lockdown. It's fine by me. I'm made for this. I hope you are. I hope you're uh, doing okay. I don't know. I don't know if you are. I don't know if you're listening to this going, well, there's a cliff to my left and a an oncoming traffic to my right. What do I do? You go straight. I don't know. It's, I try to be inspirational, but it doesn't, it's not, it's not good. It's not me. I had to send a nasty note the other day to somebody and I don't know. It was weird. Um, I just, I felt like I was getting the raw end of the stick and I had to send a nasty note to him. And I don't know, I can, I shouldn't even bring it up because I can't, I'll think about if I want to get into the details later, but you know, look, you know, return the favor is all I'm saying. Return the favor folks. All right. I had, it's just gross. I don't know. Anyway. So I never liked the show America's funniest, home videos, whatever the hell, whatever it's called. America's funniest videos. I I guess they're not called home videos anymore because that's just, they're just videos now. It's America's funniest videos. I never, I never cared for the show. It's been on for 155 years you know, I don't know. It just wasn't my thing. It was cute. You know, I saw it a few times when I was like 18 or something and like, yeah, okay. It's a a nut shot. (laughs) Oh, look, another nut shot. (laughs) Oh, look, that guy got kicked in the nuts too. All right. Great. It wasn't, wasn't ever my thing. It was, it was way too vanilla for me. I, I prefer my horrific videos, my home videos. Uh, I like seeing the ones where, you know, people put a compilation online and they're a lot more edgy and funny. I, I like that, you know, you know, guy falls off a building. <laughs> oh, look, car ran into a wall, <laughs> airbags deployed. <laughs> oh, those are funny. I like those. Yeah. Oh, look, ankle broken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But America's funniest videos were always a little too. Oh look, there, there's a cookie in the in the, on the floor, and then the, the somebody saw the cookie, and oh, they tried to grab it, and there's a string tied to the cookie, and the cookie moved away from the person trying to grab the cookie on the floor. Yeah, that was always my version of America's funniest videos. It just didn't do it for me. All right. I'm gonna totally change my tune about it now because they just added it to Disney Plus. You know, and every night after dinner we watch uh, as a family, we watch like a show or a movie or something to try to kind of end the day on a mellower note. We don't watch anything crazy. You know, we watch it with a kid, so it's something on Disney, and you know, or maybe it's not something on Disney, but it's nothing crazy. We it's it's our way of Ending the day for the kids, and you know, after that, they they go to bed at like seven forty-five, and you know, and that's it. It's over. Day's done, right? Well, we the other night, you know, I don't know why, I just wanted to change it up, and I'm like, well, just watch America's funniest videos for a half hour and see if you like it. If you didn't like the show before, watch it with a couple of kids. They, I mean, I, the it's just nonstop laughing for them, for them, which again, in turn will make me laugh a little bit to be fair. Cause I'm not a, a monster. I'm not a horrible man. I enjoy humor and seeing them laugh and hearing them laugh has made me laugh a bit. And you know, then I don't know. So we've watched it like for like four nights in a row now. And there's like 765 seasons of it, so I don't know when when it'll stop, but that's where we are. If you've never watched America's Funniest Home Videos with kids, try it. It's fun. It's just fun. <laughs> it's fun. Deal with the fun. Yeah. So it's fun. I don't know. We're doing that now. We'll see what happens. You know, with the state's and the government and the federal thing. It's weird to me now. It's weird that we live in a place where like the president goes, I have ultimate power. And then like a week later, he goes, eh, I got nothing to do with it. It's weird to me that we live in that place. And I, it's strange and fucking weird. And now today I wake up and I, I watch my version of the news, which again, I'll always tell you, I watch like the CBS National News or I watch the NBC National News in the mornings. I enjoy it. I don't think it's fake. I just think they're reporting what happened. (laughs) That's what I think. So if you, if you are, ah, that's the worst one. Okay. Well then what the fuck are you listening to? I'm curious. I really am. I'm curious. However, I wake up this morning and I'm watching my CBS News. You know, and I, I, I hear that like now, uh, everything is, uh, once again, we flip back to everything is up to the states, to the governors. Do your own bit, you know, close it, open it. It's up to you. And that's so weird to me that a president goes, ah, I'm out. You know, he does like the little, hold on, I'm going I'm to clap. And then I do the little dealer hand movement in Vegas. Like when a dealer changes out of blackjack, you go. You know, they clap and then they do the up-down hands for the cameras. You know what I mean? Well, I just did that. That's what he's doing. He's like, I'm out. And I, I just go, there's no other reason for him to do that other than he doesn't want to be responsible if shit goes wrong. And it's very similar to me if I were on a, I don't know, let's say an airplane, right? And we're, we're in, I'm, I'm on, I'm, I'm San Diego to JFK. Let's just call it that flight because I've done that one many times. Let's just say we're over, I don't know, Colorado, right? And suddenly, you know, uh, the the in-flight service has started, everybody's having their cheese box, or, you know, if it's me, I'm sitting next to the person that has like the homemade meal that they bring along, which is typically a a Ziploc bag with hard-boiled eggs in it, which it's lovely, mind you, to have that happen when you're... Just trying to enjoy your nice Delta cheese plate and somebody opens up fucking green eggs and ham that they brought from home that they cooked a week and a half ago just to prepare for the flight so I could save $7. Save $7. I'm going to make my egg meal. My egg meal. Yeah. I've sat next to that person a hundred times. By the way, your egg meal just smells like farts. It's just farts in a bag. That you're now eating the farts. You're eating the food that smells like farts is what you're done. And now your fart food is all over me. Brenner Travel. It's still a thing, folks. Don't forget. So it'd be like, you know, I'm over Colorado and I'm eating my cheese plate. And suddenly, captain of the plane, which I will associate with being the president of the United States says com, comes on to the radio or the mic or the 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 speaker the intercom the the vessel to project his voice to the passengers and he says something like this. Uh, good morning, folks. Hey, hope you're enjoying the flight. We appreciate your service. You are flying on Delta Flight 322, heavy out of uh, San Diego to JFK, and uh, we have about a three-hour flight time ahead of us. Uh, Clear skies, everything's looking good. Um, I just want to let you know for the remainder of the flight, I'm out. I will be uh, leaving the plane immediately and uh, well, good luck. Uh, It's up to you if you want to jump out or if you want to uh, die horribly and crash. I'm going to leave it up to you folks. Uh, That's why we're going to end this flight today. Uh, I've been Captain Carl. And uh, I'll be uh, seeing you. And I want to thank you for choosing Delta. There's always uh, another airline you could choose. But we uh, appreciate you choosing Delta. I'm uh, Captain Carl. I'm out. That's what I think is going on. <laughs> uh, seriously. That's what I think is going on. Homeboy is just like, I'm out. I don't want to deal with it. Because I don't want to be the guy that has b- delivers bad news. And that's a shitty thing for a president to do. I, 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 I Look. I'll be the first one to say on this show, at least if it were anybody, any other president doing this, I would say the same goddamn thing. If it were Clinton, if it were Obama, if it were Reagan, if it were Carter, if it were Washington, I would say the same thing. I'm like, what (laughs) leader of the country, fella, the buck should stop with you. Nope. Doesn't. So just think about that, you know? So again, in California, (laughs) We have a bunch of assholes that live here. I'm serious. So we opened the beaches the uh, the other day, that last week. We opened the beaches, and I I did not think it was a good idea. I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not ready for the beaches to be open. Well, guess what, folks are closing again tomorrow because everyone did not do it right. We did it wrong. You know, it was one of those things where here's here's basically what we did to the beaches on Halloween when you know, some families, uh, either choose not to answer the door or in our case, we, you know, I walk my kids around the neighborhood and we both do. We, we both go with the kids because we think it's a fun experience. And when we do, we leave a bowl of shit or, or sorry, <laughs> we used to leave a bowl of candy, not a bowl of shit, a bowl of candy at the door. That was what we did. We said, "Hey, take one, please. And of course, within two minutes, the thing was gone because little fricking jackhole, uh, kids who, you know, think it's funny to take the whole thing. They took the whole thing. Fine. Okay. So that was the last time we did it. And we're not falling for it twice, but that's what happened with the beaches. We said, we'll open them up. Hey, be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Don't take advantage of the situation. What did we do? totally dumped a whole entire thing of candy into a into our pillowcases mhm took advantage well now they're closed yep now they're closed again as of tomorrow haha suck it idiots they're closed i'm happy about it i i, I couldn't be happier good close them close them till they're done close them till the sharks reclaim the sand i don't know <laughs> we'll see so i had some homework that's been assigned to me. I talked to uh, Paul Alexander Butler the other day. And man, we had a good chat. If you haven't listened to that uh, show, go listen. It's the latest one. Start from start from now and work your way back. It was a good show. talked about a, Talked a lot about music, movies, all kinds of things. Now I got homework assigned to me by Paul. There's this challenge going around about the albums that influenced you and I think it's fun, you know, it's cool. And then now my name got attached to it and now I got to do it. And I'm, I'll do it. I will do it. Cuz I I've got some ones that I could think of. But now I got homework. So okay, and the only thing the only thing that's going to give me solace in this whole experience is I get to assign homework to somebody else now. <laughs> Coming your way, someone. <laughs> All right. By the way, I noticed today a new monthly supporter has popped up. And uh, I want to say thank you to that person. I'm not going to say their name, but a new monthly supporter has popped up. And what I mean is they went on to the, you know, probably my, the Brenzor's Dead Facebook page. And they clicked on the anchor link to the show. And there's a support button. And they supported the show. And you know what? Thank you, sir. I'm thinking it's a sir considering the name. And if you are one of the people who recently did it, thank you. You know who you are. Your first name starts with an A. How about that? Thank you very much. It does not go unnoticed, and I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Seriously, that is fucking rad. Thank you. So, today on the show, it's weird. <sighs> because this this guy... He's an elder statesman. He's an older gentleman. I like him a lot. And I don't know him intimately like, you know, some people. And I don't know everybody intimately. But um, this guy, you know, he's a paisan. He's a a fellow Itai. It's Italian, folks. And it's weird because, like, we joke that if my... (laughs) My mom seemingly uh, she may I don't know if she has a crush on this guy or but we call him her boyfriend and it's a thing around it's a joke around our house I think it's funny my dad might not but well you know <laughs> I don't know he didn't listen to the show so what the fuck you know I, I deal with it anyway I'm gonna start calling I got a name for him by the way it's Dan DiLorenzo. Lorenzo. But you know what? I'm gonna start calling him Uncle Danny D, baby. Uncle Danny D. <laughs> it's Dandy Lorenzo on Brenzor's Dead. Take two. <laughs> okay, enough of that intro music. Hey, Dandy Lorenzo, what's up, buddy? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you, Jason? Um. I'm doing good, except for the fact I don't know how to run my own show. <laughs> um, apparently, once you hit start recording, uh, you should not hit stop recording about seven seconds later. It it, it makes things worse.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've and, never. This is a neat program. I've never heard of this one. So, and I'm not a I'm not a real technology person. So,
0: you know, if, if I if if I had uh, my way about it, we'd be doing this in person. But um. Because I can't travel all over the place. Uh, Where are you? New Hampshire, I believe. Yeah, I am. Yeah. 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 I can't go to New Hampshire today. (laughs) So I got to use the interwebs and eh, whatever. Sometimes it fails. Sometimes I fail. Um, So to answer your question, uh, no, I was not chopping down trees or (laughs) planting a garden. I'm in San Diego, man. I was doing hot yoga and meditation for my workout. That's awesome. No, I was, I was doing a, uh, we have a Peloton, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I do that because I don't know, like, I don't know what else to do right now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, how are, uh, how are you doing over there? I'm doing good.
1: I, um, you know, I have been traveling for so many years, uh, that I kind of have, while I love to travel and I've never gotten tired of it um i am kind of a homebody so now that i'm forced to stay home um i have really enjoyed rediscovering the simple things that i truly enjoy which is a fixing anything that my wife thinks is broken <laughs> um which typically i don't let things go but there have been some minor things that i repaired right and then um i love to chop trees i just uh i i do use wood to heat my home i use quite a bit of it actually and, uh, I, so for me, if I have a tree that I think is going to potentially fall on my animals or fall against my house, I, I want to take it down. Right. Um, and so that to me is, is it's exercise, it's uh, spiritual. I, I just, uh, I don't know. It's funny when I was in high school, uh, I took an exam and it's, it was a, an exam, one of those tests to say what you're career like, should be and mine came yeah, out lumberjack yeah. and it was so funny because everyone laughed they were all like dude i mean i got engineer i got policeman i got soldier you got lumberjack and right. and i and i you know i never thought of it but then two years later one of my first jobs was working on the side of the road at a sawmill and my boss would just leave me there and make sure i had plenty of gas and said You run as many of these logs through the sawmill without cutting your hands off as you can. And uh, he he showed me nothing. And I was working on a machine that had to have been 100 years old. Um, It had been converted from steam to gas, and uh, I didn't know how to run it. And so finally, uh, after an hour and a half of standing in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire, um, a guy pulled over and said... uh, Hey, I think you're supposed to be chopping this wood for, for, uh, for rich. And, um, do you not know how to use this thing? And I said, no. And so he showed me this guy, Never (laughs) met this guy ever. And he showed me how to do it. And I was, I was smitten. I was absolutely smitten. And then I began, um, I went through the pile of logs that he had there. And he said, then I'm going to drop you off in another town and I need you to drop these trees and then we'll come and pick them up. He never taught me how to drop a tree. And, you know, back then when I was a teenager, there was no Internet. And so uh, I just talked to some people and they said, oh, it's easy. I'll come out and show you. And I got a quick tutorial from locals who said uh, this is how you drop a tree. And you literally can drop it wherever you want. And um, which is not true, because if you're careless, I've had many trees hang up. And uh, that's the worst is when you hang a tree up on another tree because – that's uh, what one of the terms for describing a widow maker, because um, it can just come crashing down on you.
0: Well, right. And I mean, so everything you just described was something that would never happen today. Right. I mean, like you you would never have go for work uh, with a deadly piece of machinery where a guy just goes. And I'm sure he was like, you know, the salt of the earth kind of guy yeah. where, you know, his hands could rip three phone books at a time. <laughs> right. And And he just goes just go do it and you're like huh (laughs) you know but that was the uh, and and then like a stranger pulls up alongside the road and says here's how you do it now now get in my car and go with me to another place yeah Yeah. back then you're like "Uh uh-huh yeah got it elder because i respect you and you're not going to do anything bad to me and right right yeah not today
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I know it's a different world. And, uh, you know, it's, again, it's, it's fun because I, uh, I love working with my hands and surprisingly everything I learned pretty much, I learned from my mom instead of my dad. Um, we used oh, to, wow. joke, we used to joke that my dad couldn't draw a straight line with a ruler. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I, I, as I got older and I became a parent, I began to wonder if maybe my father, pretended not to be able to do things with his hands so he didn't have to do the work. Maybe he was a genius without me recognizing that. Um, But yeah, my mom, when we were kids, you know, my dad was the sole earner in the family. There were six of us. And uh, if my mom wanted something, we would go to the library and she would read how to do it. And then she'd put all us kids to work and we made, uh, we made a shed we uh we made a patio for her to relax in the sun um we i t- i learned how to cut stone because of my mom i learned how to drywall do electrical work i mean anything no I she was just phenomenal
0: well and, and it's funny because i literally this morning i was doing this i do an intro for the show every before it airs every week and um this morning i was talking about you know i noticed and and look i'm I'm 47 years old. I'm not, you know, in my twenties or anything like that. I think there's some skills that I missed out on growing up because of the, you know, way I was raised and I was raised in like a broken home. Right. I mean, like it was, it was divorce. It was whatever. So I live with my mom and my mom also super Italian was like her. (laughs) She, she couldn't drywall. She couldn't do electrical, but she was like, you know, if you get fucking arrested, don't ever call me because you're stupid you know and it just that was all I needed to know that was all I needed to know yeah but like this morning I was I was talking about it um I'm looking around the house and I can do I taught I mean I learned a couple things I picked it up just kind of on my own like I could do outlet replacement I can you know do some some plumbing some this some that but I'm in no way a master carpenter master plumber I probably couldn't probably shouldn't chop down a tree unless it was smaller than me and then probably be all right. Yeah. But like, you know, I missed out on a lot of like the fundamental things that I think, I don't know, people my age should probably know a little bit more of, yeah. but on the flip side, I'm a techie. So I have like the technical skills that people in my neighborhood don't have. Right. right. Like I, I, I'm the IT support for all my neighbors kind of thing. Or, you know, <laughs> Hey, we got the TV and we don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, that was my upbringing. So like, how? I mean, what was what was home like uh, for you growing up? Were you from the East Coast, or did yeah. you locate yeah, we there? Grew,
1: we grew up in Massachusetts, um, where uh, I'm a, an army brat. My dad was in the military for 22 years, and uh, so we. Uh, lived near Fort Devens in Massachusetts for a while. I, I was actually born in Italy and then I lived in Germany for a while when he was transferred and came over when I was younger. And uh, so for us, you know, we were military children and uh, my dad was really, really strict. Um, he made sure in the summertime because, you know, we had uh, five boys and one daughter that uh, we weren't going to get in trouble. So we had an hour minimum of schooling where he would make us work under these military school books to do, you know, I can remember doing fractions. I can remember doing English sentences and all that. And then we would work in the yard. Um, We had a a small lot of land, probably an acre. And uh, we'd lived off of a garden and we all tended that garden because the food that was, that came from that garden would feed us for the better part of eight or nine months um we froze our food or we canned it and um you know i mean when i tell the stories of my dad would buy one steak for us to eat you know once a week it'd be this big i don't know what the toughest cut kind of meat is but figure out whatever the toughest cut kind of meat <laughs> right. is because it was the cheapest that's how he yeah. stopped. um and he was proud he was like at least i'm getting you to eat beef once a week you know
0: Right. And, uh, no, totally. Yeah.
1: We, he would cut it. With my my mom would serve it and it would feed eight of us. You know, she'd cut up, you'd get a little piece. And and that's where we learned to uh, fend for ourselves at the dinner table. Because, uh, you know, you're, you're a young boy growing up and um, my sister was a yapper. So we used to distract her and then I would peel the <laughs> food off of her plate.
0: <laughs> so. Nice. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I feel like, you know... Uh, like a month not a month ago like before this whole lockdown stuff started you know life was remarkably different than it is today sure yeah but what i'm noticing in our house at least and we are doing full lockdown like we're we're trying to do what we think is the right thing sure to speak yeah so but we have you know two young ones um and you know kind of before this like they they were never like really picky about uh, anything really you know they are they're they're easily to get along with and they don't give, they don't give us a hard time. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like dinners, it was like, you know, they would eat their chicken things or something things. And that was kind of it. Like we, you know, sneak in some veggies here and there, yeah. but, and, and I'm trying to, I'm, I'm making a point to what you just said is now with things very different, we are like, what we tell them is what we make is what you're going to eat yeah and this is how it's gonna be yeah, yeah you know because your your dad was like well you know he was proud of the fact that he was able to feed you and that that really is cool to me because right now that's what we're kind of teaching them is guys we're not a restaurant right. <laughs> you know and not that they were bitching and moaning before but we are trying to tell them that when we make fish maybe you don't like fish that much at eight years old but it's fish for dinner, fellas, and I'm not talking like fish sticks or whatever it's you know we try to make nice you know meals, or my wife does, but what I have found over the period of like a month, like maybe on day one, they were like, Oh, I don't know if I want to try that i'm i'm just gonna I'm just not hungry tonight, right' <laughs> like, well, yeah. okay, but now on you know week five or week six or whatever we're in, you know they're eating uh you know uh, pan seared cod, and they're <laughs> They they had salad last night with us, and we're like, "Huh? Well, this ain't so bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah." And I think those are things they need to learn. So, might as well teach them now. Yeah, I mean, you know,
1: one of the things that when I was growing up, because I was so handy, and then I started having kids, I was just, you know, the two things that are important to me are tools and sports. And um, you know, so when I my firstborn was a was a boy, and then I had four gr- uh, three girls. Um. You know, I couldn't wait to bring him outside and play catch with him. And then uh, the first time we played catch, I threw a ball at him and it hit him in the head. And <laughs> that ended my sport with my son. Oh, no. So I said, OK, I'm going to teach him how to use tools. And he never, none of my kids showed an interest in using tools. And I was devastated. I was like, because I have a, a pretty impressive tool collection and I, I have colonial tools. I have tools dating back to the 1600s. Um, and Oh, I, wow. I have modern tools and I use them all. But now that my kids are having kids, um, it is fascinating. The two things that I've learned is a, everyone's going to be okay because people are going to learn differently just because I learned a certain way. Doesn't mean it was correct. It was just how I happened to learn. Um, but now that my son has two children, he's like, dad, he says, you know, I, I don't have the faintest clue, but I want to make a half pipe for my son. And I was like, I'm there. I went down, I visited him. I looked at his tool chest. I said, like, let's go. We're going to go to home Depot. I bought him, I don't know, like $400 worth of tools. And I was thrilled because I got a chance to working alongside my grandchildren, show them how to use basic tools. And he, and he picked it up really quickly. And then uh, he's since been
0: building other things. And so, um, sure. And, I think you're spot on with, you know, not everybody has to learn the same way. I think you're, you, you, you are spot on, um, quite frankly, because, you know, I I had similar experience with, um, my dad who was, uh, not the, well, he was a baseball guy. I I guess still is. I don't always wanted me to play baseball and it just never resonated. I was like, it's just not my thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, you know, because of that, we probably had a pretty big rift growing up. But then, you know, I guess when I got into my twenties, I started wanting like I, you know, owned a home. And I was like, well, I gotta I probably gotta do some stuff around here, you know. And it started with he one of his big things that he wanted to do for me, because he was he's also has probably not quite the tool collection you have, because there's certainly no colonial era tools, but um, you know, he he if there's something that needs to be done, he'll either build it or just fix it. God forbid somebody comes into the house and does work for him. It, it just yeah. won't have it. Yeah. So one of his big thing is big things was, uh, you know, when you have your own home, I'm just going to build you a workbench and you're going to have this workbench until you decide you're, you you do not want it anymore. Yeah. And you know, we did like my first house, he came out, we built the damn thing. And you know, it was probably 200 bucks worth of wood from, you know, home Depot and that was in 2001 and I'm, it's still in my garage today. It's, it's literally the, it'll never ever break down or anything. It's, you know, and I'm thinking like, you know, my kids now look at that and, you know, they, they do stuff on the workbench. I'm like, Hey dude, I built this workbench. <laughs> and yeah. so when you get older, you know, maybe we'll do the same, but if you're not into it, maybe we won't, you right. know, Yeah. it'll be their call when they feel it's necessary. Right. So, yeah. And, and, and today with YouTube, I mean, you
1: literally can look up anything on YouTube of how to do it. True. Yeah, it is just phenomenal because, um, you know, you know, my son lives – he lives in Virginia. And um, although my other two daughters live nearby and then my last daughter lives with me, you know, he, he's the one who's really getting into it. My, my oldest daughter, she married uh, someone who's extremely handy. And uh, so that's, that's nice. And then my other daughter – She's also married someone who's pretty handy. So um, it's just fun to see that now they're getting into it because of their families are growing. And so I told my son, I said, you know, you got to have a decent workbench. And so I said, uh, here's here's (laughs) my plans. And, you know, my workbench has stayed with me. I built mine in college. um, And it's moved with me several times. And it's the first thing I moved because... I know that once I put it in place then I can set everything on it that I have so Right.
0: Right. Um, yeah, that's what that's what we did. Like this is my second house since that thing's been built and it's moved as well. Yeah. You know, it doesn't stay I'm not giving it to the new owners hell with that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And especially when you go to, you know, some of these, you know, you go to Lowe's or Home Depot and you see like they have like prefab workbenches that you can buy. First of all, they're garbage. Right. And second of all, they're like, you know, 8-900 bucks and you're like, yep. it's a table. Yeah. I mean, it's just a table. Yep. Like, uh, how do you uh, attach a vice to it, or how do you, you how do you hammer something without it breaking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the other day, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little frustrated with something. I went out to my workbench, I grabbed a hammer, and I just hit my workbench like five times. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "It's not gonna break." Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. just fine. Yeah. You know? So, do you come from a? I, I mean, maybe this is a silly question. I don't know. But do you come from like a? like big Italian family. Are you, are you that guy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We definitely are large family. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm close to all my cousins. So that's what we've been doing on Sundays is uh, my cousins and friends from all over the world. We get together on Sunday and we, we do a zoom session and we play games. We uh, really, it's just been nice to see these people. I, I am lucky because Frank and I, we spend, Some time after Essen and we go to Italy. So I get to catch up with all my cousins and everything. But uh, you know, I've been connecting with some people that I haven't had a chance to come visit me after Essen in Italy. So it's been nice to see them because we still are really, really close. And uh, the last um, patriarch of our family just passed away two years ago. Um, He was my mom's younger brother. And so uh, we all looked at each other like wow that's truly the end of an era that we can remember from i hate to say it but from the 50s right
0: um
1: and so you know now we look at it and we say well that means you know my older brother matt is is now the patriarch of of us and um it's just it's it's nice to see and that's what i see happening with the friends and family i have nearby is they're discovering their families because you know in this day and age everyone's got their smartphone myself included mm-hmm. but you know I, it's funny because people are like oh i'm in lockdown let's let's go on board game geek and play a game my first thing was i went outside and what can i fix in my yard and what can i improve <laughs> in my yard you know right, right. Uh, so i love games don't you know don't get me wrong but for me i have so many other interests um You know, I am huge into sports. I've been following sports my whole life. I grew up, my dad was a Yankees fan. I grew up in New England, and I was a Red Sox fan. And when I was a kid, the Red Sox were horrible. They were just the doormats. And, you know, my father never missed a chance to rub it in and say, you know, when I was a kid, the Yankees, they won 26 world titles. And, you know, you guys are lucky to even, you know, play with us. And it was humiliating, but, uh, you know thankfully, in my lifetime, I've finally seen the Red Sox win something and uh but you know for me, a way for me to relax because I've played so many sports and I've coached so many sports um I like to watch sports and having the chance not to watch my beloved Bruins or my beloved Liverpool soccer team or my interest soccer team, it's just you know it's it's maddening for me, so
0: are you a football guy?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, there isn't a sport I <laughs> won't watch. I, uh, you know.
0: How are you feeling today?
1: <laughs> well, you know, uh, I feel better after I saw the Howard Stern interview with,
0: uh, Tom Brady. I listened to that as well. Yeah. yeah oh, I, 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 we talked about it briefly. Yeah. 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 Online. yeah.
1: yeah. I, I was, I will be honest. I was bitter. Um, I'm a person that I believe in loyalty and I don't understand athletes today that, um, like, like I always loved Derek Jeter. Now Derek Jeter is, you know, the hated Yankees, but mm-hmm. I always respected him because he was such a great ball player and he's such a classy guy. And he finished his career with the Yankees, and you know, you have Big Poppy finishing his career with the Red Sox. And
0: yep. But I, look I at was, people- I always thought that about Jeter as well. And I, I again, I don't follow too much baseball, but I enjoy. It. Like I, like I'm not a diehard. I'll f- first to admit it, but I really enjoy like warm summer day, you know, 75 degrees, uh, having a game on in the background, doing a thing or going to a ballpark in the afternoon. You know, that I I like that. Um, you know, but I am a football guy and man, I'm like, if I was Pete Shirey today, (laughs) I'd be a, I think he's the happiest man that ever like watched football today. I I just, or the other day, you know, I think he is and his yeah.
1: wife's a huge Tom Brady fan so
0: i know that whole household just makes me sick right now <laughs> they're so happy
1: <laughs> and then of course Gronkowski now signed with them and so oh um, god staying away from all of this you know and, and all my close friends they send me these memes and all that and they're absolutely hilarious but i won't touch it with a ten-foot pole because you know i just uh brady meant so much to this area and yeah What I try to tell people is that if you, and I don't care if it's Boston or anything, it could be any city, but if you stay and you're a a sports hero in a city, you're set for life. You know, like, Henri Richard just passed away in Montreal. And I was a huge fan of his. Again, hated Montreal Canadiens, but you you had to respect this guy that was so, he was such a great player. He did a lot for the community. He, He played his entire career with Montreal. And, uh, you know, so when he passed away, I I was saddened because, you know, what people don't understand, when I grew up, m- my, t- my only access to the world was a transistor radio. Mm-hmm. And it was either listening to the top, you know, 100 uh, music hits, which I did, and I'm a big music lover as well. Or you listen to sports, and we listened to the the baseball games, and we kept that little transistor radio in our back pocket while we were doing our chores in the garden, or, yeah. you know, whatever chores our parents had us do. We were all listening to the to the radio and stuff. So,
0: yeah, and I mean that's the thing. Like you know, quite frankly, again, it's hard to imagine today. You know, but you know, even I, I was a kid of the eighties, pretty much. You know that that was where the formidable years happened, and. Yeah basically we had TV. I mean, we had one step above the radio. There was nothing else. I mean, you know, there was no, just there was nothing else. (laughs) So either you went outside and like our, our version or my version of going out and playing sports with my pals was going out riding bikes. That was, that was just what we did because there was nothing else to do either at home or you're out riding bikes Yeah. (laughs) or, you know, and that was it. So I get it. I get it. I mean, so I, I, you know, I don't know. You say you weren't a fan of the Canadians. I was a fan of the Montreal Canadiens in like '92 when I think Stephane Rocher was uh, hitting the, it, putting the puck into the goal for a while for them. Yeah, was I, yep. I enjoyed that? That was my only real hockey era that I enjoyed. And I don't even know why I enjoyed it now because I'm not a hockey fan. But I don't know. But you know, with football around see, now, football for me, um, yeah. I, again, I'm I I don't I'm not die hard but i really i will watch football all day sunday you know whether it's on in the background or i have to like, sit down to watch a game yeah but for me as of like two three years ago football is like ugh, i just because the stupid chargers yeah. the stupid chargers decided to abandon ship and you talk about loyalty i know man you know i, I first of all i don't understand well i do understand why they left and it was all business and they're trying to sell the franchise and blah 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 but you pissed off an entire city in one failed swoop, clearly, yeah. and I, I'm not a fan anymore. I, I don't want to see him lose, but I certainly am not. I don't know, run into see him win on on any level. It just pisses me off, you yeah. know. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Then I don't know what's going to happen. But do, don't you think? Because you said like if if a guy like Brady, who played in a you know one town his whole life, he's set for life in that town. Like he he will never have to pay for a thing. Not yeah. that he even. Would you know it would be an issue if he did, but you know, if he needed to work at his house, it's free, right. <laughs> If he needed to go to a restaurant, it's free. Yeah, <laughs> yep. do you think he should have just hung it up, or do you, I mean, do you think he should have left?
1: So, I wanted him to stop playing uh, because I've, I really think his performance suffered in the last c- couple of years, and they won a Super Bowl, but they also played poorly last year. And I just wanted him to go out on top. Um, right. But I understand his drive. Um, I, I wasn't a great athlete, but I love playing sports. I love the competition. It's no different than when I play a board game. I, I don't really care if I win. I just want to compete really well. Right. So, you know, everyone looks at me like my wife. She jokes. She says, I've never met somebody so intense. And I'm like, I'm not really intense, but I want to give it my best effort. And because... As an athlete, I certainly wasn't a great athlete, but I could compete at a fairly high level because of my desire, I think, and that made up for a lot of my skill set. But uh, it's the same in board gaming. I I look at these people; they they open a board game and they just they devour the rules, they memorize the rules. I'm like, I just want to play. Let's just play, and I'm going to figure it out. And I do. I, I just for me, it's the social thing. So sports it has that social aspect as does board gaming. And I just want to play when people are like, well, I got to tell you all the rules. I'm like, no, just tell me as we go. Let's, I'll yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm the same way.
0: I'm the same way. I don't want to, I, I, I can't digest a rule book. Um, I just, I, I can't, yeah. um, I've tried, you know, in the past and it's, it's, uh, it just doesn't work for me. So I typically kind of, um, I'll watch a video. I'll, I'll, I'm not gonna lie. I'll just go watch Rodney. And yeah. I'll see what he does. I'll watch his 10 minutes. And then it gives me an idea. And then along the way, I just have the rule book there to, you know, be handy. But yeah, uh, that's exactly how that's, I do it. Yeah, that's the way I enjoy a game. And typically, if I'm trying to teach others, <laughs> I'll I'll play a couple by just by myself. Yeah. And then before I start bringing people in, because then I see like the, you know, kind of the yawns and the I'm bored and I'm like, OK, I get it. So, yeah. yeah. So, how'd you even get into gaming you know other than your brother starting a gaming company
1: <laughs> so that's it i mean uh you know frank he he has always had a passion for games. he was making games when he was a kid. Frank had a really rough childhood he um he hurt himself at a very young age, so he had to endure a lot of surgeries. oh wow, um, he took advantage of it because he would he was really mischievous and so um he would, uh, he would pull these pranks and then he would point at one of the other siblings and we would get our butts spanked and, uh, he'd be, you know, grinning behind the (laughs) door. But, but he, he, you know, to my credit, to the credit, to my parents, um, we made sure we did stuff together. It wasn't just work and chores. We played games together. So, um, when we discovered risk, it was like Nirvana for us. Uh, We would be in the cellar playing risk and my mom would be like, you know, dinner's ready. You have to be here and you have to eat now or otherwise you're not going to get any food, which we would literally run up like a herd of of dogs. We would sit down and, you know, we had to talk about our day each day and uh, we would wolf our food down just with trying to, you know, force everyone to finish so we could clean the table and run back down. Right. And my mom would threaten, she'd go, if you guys don't sit quietly and, and patiently while we all eat, I'm going to go down and flip the table. And that was like <laughs> telling us that she was going to poke our eyes out. We were like, no, 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 you can't, you can't, you know? Right, right, right. So Frank began designing these games and they were horrible. I mean, but, you know, he was, he, he had that vision. And so, um he just decided at one point something happened, uh, you know, there was a life event. And so he said, I'm going to start a game company. And we said, sure, you know, and so we all kind of supported him and he kind of ran it on his own. I, um, you know, I, I had my consulting business and my insurance business. Mm -hmm. Um, but then when I realized that, you know, he had done a really good job and could use the help and, and, you know, I, I was pivoting with, uh, the health insurance market changing. I said, you know, I can come and help you with, with things. So that's kind of how I got involved. Um, I've always been in sales at some level in my career. Um, I've been self-employed since 1991. So, um, I'm a disciplined person. I, I, you know, I write my daily weekly and monthly and annual goals. Um, I dress up to go to work, even though I work from home a lot. I, uh, I just, I think it sets a better mentality, um, to get things done. So I'm a, I'm a fairly disciplined person, but I love games. I mean, we played games as kids. And so I have always loved games. And, um, when Frank got involved into the business, you know, he'd come back from Germany and he discovered these new games that, you know, were foreign to us. We had never seen these games and we were like, oh, we got to have more, you know, bring, right, you right. bring more. And uh, he did, he would bring more and more. And so, uh, I mean, I think all of us in the family love playing games and that's why we're all on this call on Sundays, you know, we play these games and it really brings back all the laughter that we had as children. And, uh, we definitely, you know, while my dad was strict, um, we, we definitely had a lot of fun times together. And so, it's, it's been fun during this quarantine to see us all, you know, being like, you know, we're all older, but it's like we're back being, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old again, you know?
0: So has it trickled down to like all the grandkids, the kids and the grandkids, or is it just, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> my, my wife and my Are you, are you
0: competing with uh, iPads and, and Nintendo Switches yet or, or, or beyond that? Mm-hmm.
1: So, so... No. Um, I I was into video games, but again, I played the sports ones and I played the first person shooter. I like the war games. Sure. I'm also a history buff, so I like, you know, um, Medal of Honor and those games. I, oh, I loved that. Old Medal.
0: I wish they would bring that series back.
1: Me too. I just, that's my all time favorite, but. It was uh, enjoyable. Yeah. And Call of Duty. Oh. I just love that. So. Sure. So my kids grew up playing, uh, PlayStation. I'm, I'm a PlayStation person and, uh, Still?
0: Are you still a PlayStation I guy?
1: am. I still am. In fact, I'm, I'm about to complete a complete, uh, season of the NHL and FIFA, so. Uh,
0: okay. I did not, I did not realize that. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, we're, we're a video game household as well. I mean, yeah. uh, Xbox One X, PS4, uh, the Switches. Yeah. We're, we're, well, I, well i'm rpg rpgs are my jam yeah. um i do play like the new call of duty Warzone, the battle royale we're playing that we play PUBG. um you know with my group but then like me and scott morris and pete shirey and robert geitzlinger we have our madden league you know yeah. if it do you if, have you ever played madden you know what it i i love football on on station
1: but i'm horrible at it i'm I'm get into our league. i untouchable at, at <laughs> hockey and soccer, but I have never figured out how to be good at Madden. Um, so <laughs> I have it. I've tried it, but uh, I'm
0: not good well, at it. if, if you want to be bad with the rest of us, <laughs> you <laughs> should get in our league. It's a small league, man. There's only like six or seven of us. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we're all pals and we just, you know, we play, we go through the thing. Shiree sets it up. He's the commissioner. Okay. And uh, you got you, you to gotta jump in. We all suck. But it's fun talking uh, to him. I, I
1: I have seen I have seen Scott Morris play Madden and I know he's really good. <laughs> I have the stuff he
0: says is impressive. All right. Okay. He had all right, look, I That's okay, how bad he, I am, dude. He has moments, all right, where he's he's been good in the past. I think he has won our Super Bowl uh once. Um, but he had the shittiest year last year. I think he went like one in 15. I mean, it, it, like he's going to, he's going to yell at me for saying that, but, uh, it, he had a bad year. <laughs> he had a bad one. I, forget,
1: um, I don't know if it was at Gen Con or something. We were at a convention and someone had brought their video game and I saw, that's when I saw him play it and I was like, God, look at his hands move. And he knows all these jukes and all these moves. I'm like, Oh God, I
0: I'm, he was I'm playing. He was that was a demo. He was just doing hand motions to impress you. But it was a demo you were watching. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly You're the man logo pops up and he had to shut it off. What, uh, what, no, I mean we're, he he's good. We're, we all have our moments, and yeah. including Scott. Yeah. Um Like I said, I think he's won one of the Super Bowls or maybe two. I don't know. Yeah, but we all just kind of suck. We play it for fun, and it's a it's a bunch of laughs, man. Because. You know, you have to play the AI through the season. You know, you pick a team and then you just kind of go, yeah. and you got to play the AI for a couple of games, and then you like you'll you'll run into a human opponent, and then you got to set up a time and a day, and you just do the thing, and it's just a nonstop, you know, smack fest. It's it's fun. You should join. You should do it.
1: I definitely would consider it because I I do right. like playing games like that. So
0: we're starting up again, you know, this year. So whenever that ends up being August yeah. or whenever September, I don't know. So you got I'll time reach to practice. Reach out to the commish. Let him give him the code word Brenzor. He'll let you in. <laughs> give him the secret handshake. So, anyway, you were saying, like, has it trickled down to the the rest so of the family? My,
1: my son loves games, um, and uh, so he he just loves the fact that I can turn him on to all these different games. Um, and so he's started a little game group of his own down in Virginia. Um, my daughter likes games, but they're not. She's not crazy about him. My youngest daughter abhors him. She just can't stand him. Uh, She has helped me at shows before. She's been out to Origins and Gen Con. She does really, really well. But, yeah, for some reason, I think it's because she's 22 and it's still too close to her dad, and she doesn't want to pretend like she likes him. So her friends come over, and I actually play games with her friends, uh, and she just gets mad at them while they're playing games with me. But... uh,
0: (laughs) My Look, wife, man. There's, there's a sure, game for everybody. You know, yeah. you just got to find the right one. There is right. a game for everybody, right?
1: So my wife, uh, she'll humor me once in a while, but uh, again, she th- really thinks I'm super competitive, and I'm like, I, you don't get it. I don't care whether I win. I, I yes, I am competitive, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to destroy you. I'm trying to play the best for myself, and and uh, and and you know, enjoy the game. But uh, yeah, yeah, she's just not into it. She really. I, is.
0: I'm the same way. Like, you know, we'll play with, it's like me my wife and the two kids, right? And we'll play something. And I have found that we are much better off playing cooperative games than anything competitive, even if it's like teams. Because no matter, I I feel like in my head, I'm going, well, I don't care if I win against an eight-year-old, but maybe some of the moves I'm making just kind of looks like I do care. (laughs) You know, and then inevitably people get upset, and maybe that's my wife, and I'm like, "This is not worth it." So I think we should only play co-op from now on until the day we all die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'll solve that problem. Well, speaking
1: of co-ops, we uh, we have a game that is really unique that's coming out soon, um, and Frank is really really excited about it. I'm not so much. It's a word game, but it's a a cooperative word game. Uh, But I can tell you that. Uh, I I traditionally don't like word games. I'm not, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, words, I always tell people, if you want to feel good about yourself, challenge me at Words with Friends. (laughs) I'm trying to break 100 points, and I see, I'm playing a game right now with somebody he's close to getting 600, which I've never seen, but...
0: uh, Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, that's that's always a feel-good experience, isn't it?
1: Again, I could care less. I just, For me, it's just, uh, it's a mindless thing I do at night. Before I go to sleep, I play Words with Friends, and, Sure, but uh, we do have this cooperative game coming out called Mystic Paths, and um, man, I've seen it in playtesting, and people just rave about it. And uh, okay, so we're pretty excited about this release. We were going to have it ready for Origins, but um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're kind of up in the air as to what to do. Even though uh, Origins is telling us, "Don't worry, the virtual Origins is going to be great." Um,
0: Yeah, how you feeling about that? Because a lot of people are like, "Uh, I don't understand what I mean. There hasn't been a lot of information of what a virtual origins is going to be, other than probably what you have in your mind's eye of what you think it's going to be. Yeah, how how you feeling about that? So I'm,
1: uh, I'm not a person that likes change, and I don't understand technology. Um, And I don't, you know, I'm not an idiot, but you know, when someone says to me, we can have a convention. Virtually, I'm like, the beauty of a convention is the interaction with people for me. Totally. Yep. Uh, I like seeing my friends. I like meeting new people and saying, hey, can I show you my game here that I like, you know, that I, I have. Right.
0: For sale? That, yeah, it's a social
1: experience by nature. <laughs> absolutely. So so to say that you can run this virtually. And I get that there's technology that can connect us all. But at the bottom... You know, the bottom line is, is that you're still not going to be showing you, you know, showing the, the person, the actual game. They may miss something in translation. And one uh, hundred I, I just don't see it. I mean, I had a conversation yesterday with someone who there's an event that I've been doing for years. And they're like, Dan, don't worry. We're going to have a virtual event. Uh, and I'm like, how? I, I get, it. get it.
0: I get it. And like, to me, i I feel the same way now, look, I, I really applaud like the gamma folks, the organization for, for wanting to do a thing. Right. I mean, it's yeah. cool that they're not saying, Hey, we're just done and you know, good luck next year. Yeah. But I, I just, you know, having done, you know, hundreds of shows similar to you, it, you just go, well, how is the experience of like, if I'm on obviously virtual means I'm going to be on my PC or Mac and I'm going to be watching a thing. Right. Well, yeah. The second someone comes to the door or someone Walks by and starts having a conversation with me I, I I gotta stop, and then i'm I'm not doing your virtual con any longer, and if I was in the middle of a virtual demo or a virtual walkthrough of something, well, then it's over for me. yeah and yes, I could hop back in, sure, but my engagement is now broken, and I don't know what what I was doing, but it's just not I don't see how it's going to work if they but look, if they can pull it off, awesome. I just don't know what pull it off means yeah. at this point, <laughs> you know, Is if it's going to be a zoom meeting, like, okay, well, I've been down that road and I know what it's going to be like. Eh, it's just going to do nothing for me. I don't, I don't see the value, but yeah. maybe yeah. they have something totally different in mind and that's cool. You know, yeah. I, I just don't know.
1: Yeah. That's how I feel. I have an open
0: mind. I've always, you know,
1: I'm willing to see what's going to happen, but again, I'm more about the hands-on with the personal interaction. So I don't see how it can happen. And,
0: well, every, everyone I've spoken to is, has had the same opinion. They said, look, you know, I, and more, m- most recently I was talking to uh, Lance Meister about it. Yeah. And, you know, we both said the same thing. It's like playing games is sitting around the table – um, something organic happens and, you know, it's tangential and you start talking about a different thing that came up that day and, or somebody farts and, you know, or a pizza, you know, hit the fan uh, above you and everybody has a good laugh or a story for the rest of their lives. You know, that's kind of what gaming at the table means and what it does to groups of people. I don't know how they're going to capture that virtually, but again, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but it's, it's very different. I think, everyone I've spoken to kind of agrees with that, but you know, let's see what they do.
1: Well, let me share something with you though, because during this time of pandemic, um, you know, for our, and our games, our, our biggest core of revenue is still our retailers. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I say that, that surprises a lot of people. And I'm like, you know, I'm happy that it surprises people, but We, you know, we started the business, Frank started the business, uh, you know, 24 years ago and he kind of aligned himself immediately with a certain bunch of retailers and they're all still with us. And, um, so when this thing happened, uh, you know, we thought about it and we quickly came up with an idea of saying, Hey, let's, let's give something back to the retailers because this is going to be a tough time for them. And we came up with the program that if anyone buys something off our website, um, you know, we're going to give them 30% off. And then we're going to send 25% of the proceeds to the retailer. Um, And so that's, that's started to work really well, but I love
0: that by the way. Yeah. What's
1: happened is I began calling all the retailers that we deal with regularly. And I began to find a lot of people that were really down and they, they were in total despair. They couldn't see how, um, how even this program that we were offering would help them. And I said, you know, there's still so much you can do. Yes, your doors are closed because there's an order by law, but that doesn't mean you have to be closed. They said so you have to become creative. You have to think outside the box. And they were like, you know, I, I, I talked to a lot of them. They were like, Dan, what are you saying? What are you saying? And I'm like, I, I don't know, but let's just, let's just think of some things that you can do. And so the first thing, and as an insurance agent, I was one of the first insurance agents that utilized Skype. Um, You know, there were people that were saying, you can't talk to somebody on on a video platform. And I'm like, why can't I? Why can't I share information on a video platform? It doesn't mean I won't have them sign the legal documents in person, but... Right. I can certainly use that platform instead of driving hours to go visit somebody up in upstate Maine or you know in, in Connecticut or yeah. something. Yeah. So I do the same thing with this and I started telling people, you know what you can do is if you have a smartphone, you can you can have these little you can send an email to your customer base and say, I'm gonna have a tour of my store at eleven o'clock. And then you go out and you highlight a couple games and say this game is on sale for X amount of percent. Give them an incentive and then say that you'll do curbside pickup, you know?
0: Sure.
1: And so I, I, I did the session, the first session I did with three stores, and they were all pretty much the most depressed of the, of the people I had spoken to. And I said, guys, you can either choose to be depressed and negative, or you can say, I'm going to try this because I have nothing to lose. So they they all tried it. They all had a really good attitude, and they were shocked at how positive the feedback was. And they began moving some of their units. And then two weeks ago, I had a customer who said, I'm going to close my doors. I, I'm, I can't survive. And I said, have you told your customers about... The Gamma programs, you know my program, and there's there's at the time there was twenty seven other publishers that were doing a, a program yeah. for it. There's a lot, yeah, yeah. And uh, he said I didn't even know about it. I said I, I, I posted it on social media. He said, Oh yeah, I I didn't catch it. And and so long story short, I said I understand that you want to close, but I know your store better than I know most, and you are integral to your community. I bet you, if you posted something on your Facebook page saying that you think you have to close because you, you can't survive this loss of income, you're going to be shocked of the response. Well, lo and behold, I was right. And he, he wrote me the nicest letter, um, on Monday because now it's the start of the second week for him. He's selling more in the last two weeks than he's sold per month over the last four years. Good. Yeah. Good. And, good. Uh, I just posted a video of him today. Uh, he was talking about one of our games, Pyramid Poker, and he's like, I can't believe that This is really working. Oh, yeah.
0: no, I saw that. Yeah. I saw it. Was he, he was like doing it from uh, like either his garage or your garage? <laughs> it, it's from his garage. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's out in Nevada. He's out in uh, Nevada. And uh, he's just, uh, it's him and his wife. I met him at a show and we've become really good friends. And, uh, he, he does so many unique things during his, uh, at his store, you know, outside of the quarantine yeah. and he just felt like he couldn't do it anymore. I'm like, nothing has really changed. I said, you and your sister do these ridiculous
0: dances, keep doing them, keep posting, them, you know, give the, uh, give the retailer a shout out because I want to make sure that, you know, I can do whatever I can do to help some retail and it, you know, ain't going to be much, but if. You know, any retailers can stay afloat just by getting a word out that they're doing a thing. You know, go ahead and uh, give them – what store is it? So
1: it's uh, Ruben's Woodcraft and Toys in um, uh, Boulder City, uh, Nevada. Um, And Ruben and his wife Dixie run the store, and they're just a sweet, sweet couple. And they just – they do so much uh, for gratis for the young people in their community. He puts out these wooden – uh, just tchotchkes that they can paint in their spare time. And he just puts it out in the box and they can come by and pick it up. And he's just, uh, he's a great, they're a great couple. And uh, they're, they have a beautiful little store. They have a whole variety of toys from current games and toys and puzzles to some of the things that were popular in the fifties and sixties, they get a lot of those retro toys too, you know?
0: Sure. So on, if, if anybody wants to go check it out on Facebook, it's uh, just Ruben's Woodcraft. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Um, Ruben's Woodcraft on Facebook and then it's Ruben's Woodcraft and toys. at uh, 555 hotel Plaza, Boulder city, Nevada, eight nine zero zero. All right. Yeah. Good. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So, I mean, do you think, uh, do you, do you think we're going to Gen Con this year? Well,
1: either way, R and R is not going to Gen
0: Con. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? Even if, because we're getting late in the game at this point for not hearing anything, and I, I'm a little, yeah, I have my own opinions about it, but I mean, like, I, I think we're at the time where someone needs to pull the trigger <laughs> and say, because I do feel like retailers and and publishers and distributors are all in the same boat, and, and attendees as well. It's like even if they do have it. Uh, I ain't going, Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not going to be in a room with, you know, 65,000 other people anytime soon. Right. You know, just not going to happen.
1: Yeah. So no, I don't think they should have it. Um, You know, I think be- because I've been traveling so much and doing so many shows, you know, the hygiene is second nature to me. I mean, I've been washing my hands like crazy at all these shows for years, yeah. but now that I see, you know, this awareness here, we we really have to question, uh, and I'll give you an example. People think we're out of the woods because our president says that uh, oh you know, we have to get back to normalcy. Uh, <laughs> New Hampshire yeah. uh, just yesterday posted we had doubled our deaths um, over the last four weeks in in one day. Um, Massachusetts numbers are starting to be staggering. They're experiencing huge increases in deaths. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. no, we're not out of the woods. You know no. What I
0: mean? no, not even, not by far. Not No, by far. not
1: it, even close. And I see these people who, I mean, uh, again, I would spend my time in Lowe's and Home Depot a lot. And I see these families walking around. And I'm like, they're not wearing masks. I'm like, guys, you know, you have to do your part. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a $60,000 mask. I'm, I mean, I wear these comical masks, but they're, they're masks that at least protect it's Maybe. around
0: your face. It's something yeah. that stops things from going in and going out to a, to a certain degree.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I I I just tell people, you know, how can you be in the store with two young kids and none of you have masks on? Well, we're you not know,
0: sick. It, it's 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 crazy to me because I you know, I've talked about it many, many times and I am in the I am firmly feet planted in the boat of stay home don't go I mean if you need to go out you need to go out and by need I mean you need food you know you don't need a haircut to live you you don't need the salon to open in Oklahoma for you to for you to go on with your day-to-day it's insanity to me and you know we haven't you know we were all always about like hey the whole family's going shopping the whole family's going this the whole family's going that my kids haven't been in a car um, other than once when we all we went out for a drive about three, four weeks ago. Yeah. And we just wanted this we just need to get out of the house for an hour. And so we went for a drive, but we didn't get out of the car. You yeah. know, we just yeah. drove, uh, saw <clears throat> the things we wanted to see, then drove home. And, you know, even then it was really disturbing to just, just see the beaches, just eh, who cares? It's full, who cares? I'm not gonna get it, that kind of nonsense attitude. And, you know, but the we haven't taken the kids to uh, anywhere um, out uh, with the exception of the backyard. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. the only, and you know, and, and, but we're telling them like, this is why we're doing it guys. I mean, we feel that this is how we can do our part, right. you know? And you know, if, if we go out to walk the dog, guess what? We got masks on, you know, yeah. we're, we're doing our part and I'll be damned if there aren't a lot of folks in this neighborhood who were just like, eh, whatever you guys are overreacting. Like, Okay. Well when wave 2 hits and it's gonna yeah. you know because here we are on whatever what I don't know what today the 423 um you know we have a lot of states all of a sudden talking about yeah let's relax it a bit let's get back to the to the norm oh good luck yeah you know yeah. i don't and it's it's scary and it sucks and i'm angry about it and I, I don't, I, but what, what can you do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Right. These numbskulls are going to go, oh, the beaches are open. I'm in. And then they're going to be flooded, the beaches and the restaurants and, wh- and whatever entities open in your neck of the woods. But man, it sucks. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to do. Well, I, I mean, all
1: you can do is, is just lead by example. Um, I mean, I just had a, uh, one of my insurance clients, um, she posted that she went to the beach because it was her husband and her anniversary. And I'm like, A, you weren't wearing masks. B, you weren't supposed to be on the beach, you know, and C, you know, why couldn't you just stay home or why couldn't you just do something else other than having to go out in public like that? Right. And she's like, well, what, why do you care? I go, because I said, I care because we all have to do our part. I said, "And you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an, I'm an extrovert. So I crave interaction and, you know, uh, I, I I'm lucky because I live in a rural area, so I can go for a drive and I can you know look at wildlife. And you know, we get these alerts. You know, where, where I live, the big news is, hey, there's a bear walking down the street, and we hop in the car. We want to go see it and take a picture. <laughs> right. You know. Right, so, right. But uh, yeah, we don't we don't go out in public unless we absolutely have to. And
0: um, well, uh, it's it's infuriating to a degree that I've never experienced in my life. I've the closest thing I came to and it wasn't as bad, but it was still bad or like, and, and again, you know, my opinions are like the anti-vaccine folks who, yeah. you know, rely on people who get the vaccines so that they can be safe kind of thing. And I feel like it's the same bit now. People are like, well, let the sick people stay home and we'll go out like, hey, I'm not sick. <laughs> my kids aren't sick. My wife isn't sick. My family isn't sick, but we're staying home. Right. Why the f- why? Why can't you? You well, know, is an a- inconvenience? Sure. Yeah. I don't want to, but yeah. you know, at some point I listen to what I don't know, science has to say. Not right. yeah. I found a funny it cracked me up. My wife pointed me to it, but then I saw it. I ended up seeing it like ten times after that. There's some meme going around where somebody says, like, hey, you know, uh I I, I know scientists are saying this and scientists are saying that, but a bunch of folks who got C's in high school are saying it's all a farce, and I'm not sure who I should be listening to. Yeah yeah i'm like that's kind of accurate you know that's, yeah it definitely is of,
1: yeah well look so at is, frank i mean frank told me on sunday i think He says, i don't think i can make the call i'm like why not it's it's sunday he goes he goes i am really sick all of a sudden and i'm like wait a minute you and i were on a call this morning and you were laughing and everything was funny he said i don't know what happened and frank has been laid up now i mean he had some of the signs of the COVID 19 Mm-hmm. Um, he had a really, really high fever. He had a terrible you know, the case of the runs, but he's been in bed and uh, he he still is feeling really weak today and okay. he hasn't been out. And I'm like, that is how powerful this thing is, is that yeah. it may not show signs. I mean, he, you know, he went to the New York Toy Fair and whatnot. That was the last place okay. he went out. But you know, he, prior to the, the quarantine, he was shopping down in Tampa and he could have been exposed to something and it could have manifested itself after all this time. Sure. Um, sure. So he doesn't uh, I mean, know why he's, you know, stricken like like he is. And his father-in-law is a doctor. So he was telling him, you know, with your fever and this, this the case of the runs you need to really be careful. And, uh, so he's literally been in bed since then. And I, I've, at first, you know, cause we're brothers. I was, I'm like, what kind of idiot tells me that he can't be on a phone call for Thursday (laughs) on Sunday? And then I I talked to him and I didn't talk to him at at all until Tuesday. And then I saw his face on a call. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, you really are sick. This is incredible.
0: So, I mean, does was he tested? Is he, does he have COVID or he's he's just knocked out?
1: Yeah. Frank hasn't been out since the quarantine order. And, uh, he is, uh, you know, he's mastered, getting it, whatever he needs through Amazon or delivery services. Sure. They sure. wipe everything down. Um, and you know, I, I, we have all the stuff, but I, I got a delivery the other day and it was from China. It was something I'd ordered a while ago and I'd been waiting for it and I didn't wipe the box down. And I was like, Oh God, I should know better. And, uh, but for me, you know, uh, I just, uh, I'm, I'm overall in pretty good health. I just, uh, I spend right. so much of my time in my backyard and I, really? I love being outdoors and I like, you know, doing anything with my hands. So, right. uh,
0: you know, it, well, I mean, the, I think, you know, I, I think the point has been proven over and over again by people who are in a much higher pay grade than I am, that you gotta be careful. You're not, a, it doesn't, I don't care what age group you're in or tax bracket or social standing you're not immune on any level. So, you know, stay safe. So I, I appreciate you and your family doing, you know, what is right. And that's just bottom line. It's not about, you know, what I think is right. Even it's about what is right. So right. yeah, I do appreciate that. And it's, it's a drag man when, you know, I, <laughs> I see it all the time. And I'm just like, Oh, look, everybody's out and about like nothing's going on. Like, okay, well, this is, this is where it begins. You know, this is going to be the downfall and it's going to suck. And I think the worst is yet to come, you know, in terms of, I I just mean like with the fallout of everything. And then I think with everything opening, I think it's going to make things worse come like October.
1: Uh, No doubt. No doubt about it. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of, one of the first things that I had to do was cancel all my flights and, uh, I had, uh, four to cancel. And then, uh, I still haven't canceled my flight to the UK games. And that's really what I'm hoping to hear canceled. Right. Right now they have postponed it and they've moved it to August, but, um,
0: you know. And that's going to push up against Gen Con. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, I mean, what, oh God, it what a mess. makes no sense. And so a, I, yeah.
1: I, I have my flight that I have to cancel um, and uh, it's, I was going to go to the UK and then I was going to go to Denmark for an open house with asthma yeah. day. So asthma day has now canceled their event. Um, and I'm just waiting to see if the UK games cancel because I bought a flight, you know, I'm I'm always looking for the best value. And so I, I bought a flight through SAS and um, I hadn't flown SAS in years um, because I fly so much. I, I have relationships with pretty much all the major airlines. Well, they they're standing their 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 ground. They're like, nope, unless your event is canceled, we're not gonna we're gonna fly. Oh, I'm like, You're not flying out of Boston. No one's going out of Boston, right? And oh, they're like, God. well, you can't tell us that the flight isn't until May. I said my event has been moved from May to August, and she said, well, we'll move your flight to August then
0: wow so that's the only thing i have
1: hanging is a flight to uh the uk right now
0: that is some great customer service right there you know that (laughs) is some wonderful service like forcing you to get on a death tube yeah (laughs) to go to a death show oh my god what a nightmare well you know man you know in this uh time of crisis as we'll call it I'll, i'll give you a shining light if you will um both of my parents are still alive. They're still here with us. Nobody's gone on to their great reward yet. Yeah. And, you know, but I'll tell you, if, you know, if my father ever passes along um before my mom, uh, and God forbid anything ever happens to your wife, obviously, uh, my mom will probably want to marry you because she has like some Ooh. sort of Dan DiLorenzo crush. <laughs> and I, I'm like, what? Cause I'm like, when, did, how did this happen? Where? I, I, I just see something online and all I see is like, you know, Carolyn Brenner and, you know, is liking this and that. And I'm like, how did you in, like intertwine into my network all of a sudden? So, you know, the the joke around my house is every time there's something, uh, somebody brings up Dan DiLorenzo, everybody kind of side eyes my mom a little bit. You know? <laughs> so thanks. Uh, thanks, dad. <laughs> you'll, you'll be my stepdad soon, Dan.
1: So you know what's fun is that uh, when I go to Italy every year, I post a lot of those pictures because we we try to. My cousin tries to get us to visit some place really unique, right. and I notice your mom is always she's really enjoying that. And you know that that's what I use. That's what I use social media for. I right. use it to keep in touch with my family, my children who are all over the place, and uh, and and then the friends I've made. And I'm I'm happy to share that stuff. You know, so yeah no it's cool and she man. travels so i see all the traveling that they do so that's wonderful
0: oh yeah it was it was a real fun conversation in early march about them them getting ready to go on a cruise and i'm like bullshit yeah. you're going on a cruise and we <laughs> argued about it and i'm like okay <laughs> and yeah. it ain't happening you know yeah. and they were they dug their heels in <laughs> Like ultimately, you know, I go, you guys know, like the world is going to like shut down here in like two weeks and they didn't want to believe it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Here we go. Anyhow. Well, like I said, you know, um, pretty soon I'll be calling you stepdad and it'll be fine. You know, we'll just have to deal with that as it happens. <laughs>
1: well, you're going to have fun learning how to use all the tools. I have. Nice. But you know, what's funny you, you, you mentioned earlier, you said, well, I don't have any revolutionary tools, but you gotta remember, I grew up in an area here in New England where I mean, there were barns that, you know, were from the 1600s and when, you know, I would go through them and people would say, I don't know what that is. You can have it. And so I have an anvil collection and, uh, you know, people, they're like, why do you have an anvil collection? I don't, because they're cool. They're all different. Why don't you? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're all different shapes. They all have a different sound when you hit them with a hammer. Um, and so when I moved to this house here, I sold most of them except for one and, uh, I just had a guy come up to my door, knock on the door. I don't know. It's like probably seven or eight months ago, and he says, "I drive by here every day, and I see you have this anvil." He says, "Um, "Would you be willing to sell it?" And I said, "Well, I said it's it's an antique. It's uh, it's from the 1600s. It's actually date stamped on the bottom." And he goes, "Can I look at it?" I go, "You can look at it if you can flip it over, but it's like 400 pounds. Good luck." (laughs) And so. He uh, he goes. Well, um, can you tell me what the brand is? I said I, I honestly don't know the brand, but it's it's uh, you know it's date stamped and all that. And so he said, uh, "Well, what would you want for it?" I said, "I I don't really want to part with it because I still use it to do things. I bend metal with it and I, yeah. you know, I, I hammer things on it when I'm working outside." So he goes, uh, "All right," he says, "You know, I'm going to offer you four grand for it." <laughs> I'm like dude, I got this at a yard sale. I think I paid $5 for it. So he goes, well, that is a, and he gives me a name. And he says, it's a very valuable um, anvil. And I said, well, no, I kind of want it. And I said, not because you're telling me it has value. I said, I want it because I like anvils and I've been collecting them. So I said I had a couple other ones that were older. One was like from 1760 and the other one's from, I think, 1890 or something. And wow. So he comes around and he looks at them and he goes,
0: he's, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll buy these too. Oh, he's <laughs> so, just shopping. I love it. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, how presumptuous! He, he's into
1: it. You know what I mean? The, yeah, that yeah. And, like I have an old stones uh, grinding wheel and, uh, you know, it was, it was used to sharpen uh, farm blades and, uh, I picked it up at a, at a, again a, a yard sale, and uh, for me, it's 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 a tool that I can use, and um, I still use it today and sharpen my lawnmower blades. And-
0: well, you know, and it's funny because, like, you know, if anybody doesn't know what an anvil is, just just go watch Looney Tunes; you'll get the you'll get the gist real quick. Right. But <laughs> I, I mean, you know, what's impressive to me is, you know, these anvils. You say it's been around since like the date stamp from the 1680s. or something. Yeah. And I mean, you know, to me, it's just bizarre when you just have a piece of liquid metal that was melted and poured into some sort of mold, I'm assuming, I'm assuming, and which was probably carved out of stone, you know, and, you know, it cooled and it just became a solid piece of incredible metal that will never ever, it won't deteriorate, No, it won't disintegrate, it, it just won't, you know, there's probably little like imperfections in it, which make it amazing. I love, I love seeing that. Um, that's cool, man. I'd love to, I'd love to, do you have any, of the, I'd love to see those pictures to be honest with you. If yeah, you have no, pictures I can get
1: some pictures of those up there.
0: Do it, man. Cause I'd like to see them um, just because, you know, and, and in no way, shape or form do I have anything similar, but you know, when I built my workbench, you know, I put a vice on there and that vice is the same idea. It's just metal with yeah. a, like one piece, like one or two pieces of moving, like uh you know in there um which anvils have no moving parts but it's just one of those pieces that i feel like will never ever ever like it's never gonna break no (laughs) it's never gonna break i'll have it for life you know and that always impressed me for some reason just that vice impressed me more so than any of the other things i had
1: i had my dad's snowblower when he passed and so it was over 40 years old and it still worked and again i love tinkering with you know motors and engines and and uh, so I, I do. You know, we get a lot of snow over here, and so I, I help my neighbors out, and I, I'll use my snowblower and I'll clear out their driveways for them. And so my uh, my neighbor just got his driveway paved, and I said, "Hey, make sure you don't have anything out there if it's going to snow, so I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to run it through this uh, old snowblower." Right. And he said, "Yeah, I got it all cleaned. If you want to help me out, that I really appreciate it." So the next day it snows, and uh, I rip up his dog had a metal leash and his dog had been running around the night before and left it out there and i ground it up so (laughs) i ended up having to buy a new snowblower like i don't know six years ago and it's just not the same it's like my wife's like oh it's so newer and all that i'm like yeah i like the older stuff
0: right i don't know
1: because i i see that they these tools still exist they still work you know and
0: well and that's the thing i mean you go buy some today it's a lot of plastic Right. I mean, the reason a colonial tool still works today is because it was solid state metal just built to last the test of time. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's all there is to it. I, I mean, you know, you're talking about hand drills, not power drills, but the right. kind you like you got a crank. But yeah. you know what? It's going to make the hole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't change the bit, but you do have a different one that's probably a different size that yeah. does the same thing, you know, and those will last forever. So, yeah, I, I think that's awesome, man. Yeah. I like it.
1: I, I don't know. I just, I love the feel of tools and I like, you know, what you can do with them and they're, they're an expression of creativity for me. And, uh, totally. You can build whatever you want. You just, it's, you're limited by your own imagination. So
0: hundred percent, man. Well, look, dude, I, again, I appreciate you and your family staying safe. I appreciate you guys doing the, uh, doing the right thing. And, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, when convention season starts up at some point, and I don't think it's in 2020, Yeah, um, I agree. you know, we'll, uh, we'll uh, run into each other again. Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, well thanks for being um, on the show, buddy.
1: Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you having me and, uh, I'll say hi to your family for me. I'm glad you guys are doing your part. I really, I appreciate that as well. Cause, uh, I think it's, uh, we as Americans have to take this far more seriously than we currently are. And, uh,
0: agreed. You know, agreed. Uh,
1: uh, just yeah. uh, we have to all do our part, and, uh, and no matter how small, it it all makes a difference. So,
0: hundred percent, man. And don't listen to me; listen to Dan. <laughs> <laughs> He's much wiser than I am. So, all right, man. Well, I'll be. I'll all talk right. to you soon. Okay. Sounds
1: good. Thanks again all for right, having buddy.
0: me on. You got it. Bye bye. Hey, folks.
1: Brenzor here.
0: Hey, listen, you know, I love providing content for you. I really do. It's it's enjoyable. I have a good time doing it. I, I feel like you're enjoying it because I get a lot of comments and I get a lot of messages and I get a lot of people saying, hey, this is this is awesome. I really like what you're doing. Keep it up. So listen, if you can support the show, I'd appreciate you doing so. Head over to the Facebook page. You'll see the link on Anchor. Click on it if you want to support the show. Go for it, donate a buck, do what you got to do. I appreciate it in this weird time. But if you know if you do, and um, you know, I get enough support, I could start uh, maybe uh, leveling up the show production a little bit. What do you think? All right. Well, look, if you want to and you can, I'd appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? I'll leave it at that. Go to my Facebook page, Brenzor <laughs> is dead on Facebook. You'll see the link at the top. For the Anchor site, which is anchor.fm forward slash Jason-Brenner. Dash Boy, that wasn't a mouthful. Anyway, go over to Facebook. You'll see it. Click on it. There's a support button. Support the show. Dunka. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye.